Beach Grove United Methodist Church podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This is our sermon for the week of July 24th, when we had guest preacher, the Reverend Ann Kessner, come and join us while Pastor Andrew was on vacation. A reminder that our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube channel, Love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. And if you are feeling really generous, we would love your support for the missions and ministries here at Beach Grove. You can use the donation link in the podcast notes. And lastly, find us on Facebook or Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoy this message and please don't forget to share it. scripture lesson for this sermon comes from 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So our our scripture this morning comes from the book of John. And I wanted to talk to you all a little bit about um, victory in Jesus. Uh, Especially in, in the times that we're in now. What does victory look like when we feel so defeated? So defeated by by medicine so defeated by um, illness and hardships and wearing masks and uh, inflation, dare I say the word in church, right? Um, you know, we, we cling to hope and sometimes that hope is very hard to find. So I wanted to bring a little bit of that hope back to us and, and reframe it a little bit. And I always like to be very candid in my sermons. I hope that's okay. Uh, When I was young, my dad would always take me to turkey shoots at our hunt club, and I feel like in Suffolk, this is going to be an appropriate sermon. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. Now, before you all kick me out of church and you think that I shoot turkeys, um, please know that no turkeys are hurt at these turkey shoots. It is usually a fundraiser for a hunt club, which I'm assuming most of you know that already. Uh, in which people compete in target practice to win money, meat, or some sort of prize. I grew up in Richmond. Our hunt club was in Mechanicsville. So anyways, my father and I would have our father-daughter time on these Friday nights, and I would always admire what a great shot he was. He would almost, every Friday night, he would almost win um, against 20 or so men. And I always used to think, if only I could be as good of a shot as my dad. Well, eventually, when I was 12 or so, my dad finally let me shoot my first target. And I missed completely. I was so mad at myself because I lost. I would try over and over again, and I constantly lost. Eventually, though, I began to get shots near the target, and by the time I was 14, I actually won my first round, and I was so excited. My dad was proud, no matter how I did. 
I always used to think it was about winning, but my dad would always remind me that it was spending time together and catching up. It isn't about how well we did, but the good times that we had with one another. And for dad, every turkey shoot and every hunt was victorious, no matter how well we did or what we brought home. But I could never understand that until now, many years later. Looking back, my father and I were spending quality time together. We were learning about each other. We were sharing stories, we were laughing, we were catching up on times that we had lost, especially when I was away at college, when I was in my youth and shy. And looking back, I laugh when I remember how mad I got when I used to lose. But now I remember how much fun that I was having. The turkey shoots you see were always a win-win for my dad. He got to spend time with me and I got to spend time with him. And there was no such thing as a failure or losing to my father. And it's the same thing with our father. Our father God, who, who sent his one and only son Jesus to be with us along this journey of life. This victory in Jesus doesn't mean winning all the time. It means being together. There are no losers, there's no loss, but there is only unconditional love and victory. It's about doing all the good that we can, when we can. Similarly, you'll hear a little bit more about the, the dad. Um, his name's Don. He taught me some, some of the same ideals, um, just as his father had taught him. In those moments when you spend time journeying through life together, you learn how to appreciate yourself. You learn about others. You learn about how to interact with others. You learn how to treat others. You learn manners. You learn respect. He taught me how to appreciate God and nature. What does God look like in nature? What is the purpose of watching the, the sun rise and, and the leaves rustle and the dew on the leaves starting to drip and, and the, you know, the, the birds chirping? What is that all for? I didn't even know how my dad taught me anything at these turkey shoots, but he did, and it has stuck with me. These are the times when I really saw my father and my father taught me about true victory. He taught me that victory, victory is in our hearts and came through our belief and trust in God and in, through his son, Jesus. And I don't, I don't know that dad really knew that he was doing that, to be quite honest. Maybe he did. I'm sure he did. But what does that look like when we encounter others in our daily lives? Do we know that we are exemplifying Jesus' heart to others? That we are teaching them the victory of Jesus when we are walking down the street and we say good morning or have a great day. Something so simple when the world around us seems to be shutting down. When the world around us seems to be crumbling. Or when we wake up in the morning and we worry about X, Y, and Z. What does a simple smile bring to us? Or a simple pay it forward at the Starbucks line look like? 
My dad never said this, but looking back, he showed me what that love looks like through actions and words. And when I think about victory, I usually think of that win-lose situation, like the turkey shoots. But now, as I'm growing older, I tend to think of those situations as a win-win. My dad, much like a faithful servant of God, would teach me that God and Jesus are also at those hunt clubs. Yes, at that hunt club. Um, he taught me about the victory. That victory in Jesus is also always a win-win. With Jesus, there is no losing. Today, I want to delve deep into what that victory means and how do we cultivate that victory in Jesus. And if you take away nothing else from the sermon, please remember this. Victory in Jesus is always available. It never fades and it never fails. And it is always available to us. And as we ask ourselves, how do we achieve this victory? How do we, how do we take it and how do we absorb it? The answer is simple. Through grace. Through grace. Grace abounds in Jesus and ultimately in us. But it is up to us to get in touch with that grace. The hymn, Victory in Jesus, was written in 1939 by Eugene Bartlett, a hymn composer and publisher. And it was written two years before Bartlett's death and was one of the last songs that he composed. That year, Bartlett suffered a serious stroke and he was partially paralyzed. Can you imagine writing a song about victory when you are partially paralyzed? He could no longer travel, he could no longer teach, he could no longer attend church. However, he was adamant about studying his Bible, which he did, and he mustered up his strength to write these letters on the paper. And when he did, Victory in Jesus was created. He wrote uplifting hymns about this grace that we talk about, about Victory in Jesus, and he wrote about the redemption that he was receiving over and over again in the midst of hardships. The sign of redemption appears in the very first sign um, and the stanza of this song. And he speaks about repenting of his sins and winning the victory. A win-win. And again, in the second stanza, Bartlett asks Jesus to come and heal my broken spirit. It all starts with just asking and interacting. That's grace. Asking for Jesus to just come into our hearts and work. We might, not have, we, don't, we might not have anything. We might not have the strength to do anything but ask, but that's the first step. Victory is, victory is ours because of Jesus. Notice that the title is called Victory in Jesus, not Victory of Jesus or Jesus' victory, but Victory in Jesus. There's an emphasis on the relationship here. It's not one-sided. Victory is shared. We must have that relationship and be a part of the relationship between Savior and self, Savior and sinner. It's reciprocal. But why celebrate a victory if we don't know what we're celebrating? 
what is the composer of this hymn referencing when he speaks of victory? Just the other day, somebody told me that she didn't know what grace was. It's probably somebody at the hospital, which is a fair question to ask. What is grace? What does that mean? My husband and I had some people over for dinner, and we bowed our heads and asked if it was all right to offer grace. And they said, yeah, sure, why not? However, when we asked um, if, who would like to give grace, one of our friends looked puzzled and said, well, I can't do it. I don't even know what it is. How do you respond to that? I didn't even know how to respond to that. Let me talk to you a little bit about how humbling it was to look at that person and say, that's a great question. Let's look at it together. Let's figure it out together. So what is grace? Let me tell you a little bit about what I learned and what we learned together. Ooh, sorry about that, y'all. That's grace right there. Number one, God's grace. Grace is the giving of eternal life to his people by giving us his son, Jesus, who died for our sins. Number two, grace is unconditional love and obedience to God for mankind. Amazing grace, right? The grace that we sing about. Being saved. The grace that is in Jesus. That's the grace that envelops us. Number three, God's daily grace are the blessings in our everyday lives given to us when we seek help. Grace is everywhere. Grace is every day, every moment, in everyone, but we gotta look for it. Grace never fails. And then number four, grace in man is our responsibility and covenant with God. We must welcome the grace of God and Jesus into our hearts. Jesus died for us because God wanted to give us life everlasting in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. When we understand grace, how it's everywhere at every time, in every person, then we can also give grace. And we can accept grace. We can't give grace if we don't accept it. Right? So Jesus is within our souls. It, the grace is within our hearts, our heads, every inch of our body because we are the creation. We are our Father's spirit. The spirit dwells in us. And we were created with love and nurtured in love. And we are told to give that love. We must embrace the love and grace promised to us. The dilemma is that we are broken and we are sinful. But the good news is there is victory. And I get excited. And I hope you guys get excited too. There's victory in Jesus. No matter how many times we fail, we are always and will always remain victorious. Jesus will never give up on us. And that is one constant that I hold on to when the world seems to crumble. In Jesus, we are a new creation, and for that I am thankful. And in this moment and in this time, before we pray together, I want each of you to know that you are victorious in God's image and in Jesus's eyes and I give thanks and I pray for whatever is on 
Because I'm going to be honest, there's things on my heart that are weighing real heavy. None of us are perfect. Not even the pastors. We have things that we're all going through. And I pray for whatever those silent prayers are on your hearts. So with that being said, I'd like to offer a pastoral prayer for each of us this morning and for those who are watching online and even for those who aren't with us this day. So let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh, heavenly God, we give thanks for your presence and for your love. God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gives us peace and love and victory and promise. God, when we feel like we are at our wits' ends, we know that you are sending us lifelines in ways maybe that we can't see. But God, we know that you are our foundation. And we ask that you continue to hold us above. God, we pray for those in this room. We pray for those watching, for the silent prayers on their hearts this day for the joys that we are experiencing in life and for the things that bring us beauty and smiles and also, God, for the, the ways in which we are being transformed. God, we pray for those who persecute us. We pray for those who challenge us. We pray that they may see your light through us. God, we pray also for those who are suffering, who those for those who who may not be able to see you in this moment, who, who desire to see you, who are fearful to see you. And God, in this church, we pray for those, we pray for those who are in the depths of bereavement, for Chuck. God, for the prayers in this community, for Brenda, for those suffering with COVID for the heart surgery, for Matthew, for continued treatment for radiation and chemo, for Sherry and Barbara and Marty, for Fanita and Diane, for Pastor Andrew and vacation and renewal, God, we pray for the new district superintendent as she comes into this district to serve. And God, I thank you for the leadership within this church. Thank you for the children that experienced Vacation Bible School. And God, we just offer all of these prayers and so many more unto you. It is in your holy and precious name that we pray to you this day. Amen.